listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. constantly give thanks to God for this, that when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as what it really is, God's word, which is also at work in you believers. And also a reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their um, phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Good morning again, everyone. It's so good to be with you. I really, really love that song by the Hollies. Um, it was, um, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. So, you know, at Oasis, we, we live in a modern world, and we appreciate inclusive language. And, you know, as we talked about this song, we kind of went around and around a little bit. Should we alter it a bit to make sure that, that the women don't feel left out, you know, that, that she's my sister, but then as we try to, you know, alter the lyrics a bit, she's not, she ain't heavy, <laughs> she's my sister, somehow it just sounded a little extra offensive. <laughs> so we want everyone to feel included, but we don't want to feel anybody to feel like we're calling them fat. <laughs> so that's, that was a real discussion that we had. Not, it's not a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it wasn't a joke. We really did have that conversation. So the Hollies... A lot of you might not, not might be f- familiar with them. They were one of the many, many, many bands that kind of came out of uh, uh, England during the 1960s. Those really tight harmonies and kind of uh, those kind of folk kind of sounding uh, music. One of their founders was Nash from Crosby, Stills, and Nash, or later Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, he left the group and, and formed the other group. But one of the things that I love about the Hollies 
is unlike most of the bands that came out of uh, the 60s and 70s and 80s and even 90s, bands typically don't end up staying together. But the Hollies, uh, with the exception of Nash, who, who left, never disbanded. And they continued to make music together decade after decade after decade after decade. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I love that because I, I love that sense of, of being able to stick through kind of thick and thin, of kind of making it with each other kind of in, in the long life. I mean, even this song, you know, it's a long and winding road, and we don't even know exactly where it's going. I think that's exactly what the human life is like. Like, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen next year or five years down the road. I and mean, we, we can make some plans, and we can, we can do some things, but life throws us curveballs. Uh, last year, this time, it was actually a year ago this past Friday, I, I lost, we lost, uh, a dear friend, one of my closest friends, uh, to suicide. And it, it has rocked my life. I did not see that coming. And as a church, we tried to respond to it in a variety of ways. In fact, when we opened 2020 with Know and Be Known, and we had that uh, Sunday night, we, we had a um, mental health and spirituality workshop. That was driven, right, by the fact that we had lost Jim. And so the, the Know and Be Known and Serve and Be Served and Celebrate and Be Celebrated and Love and Be Loved all of that, that early part of 2020 was kind of formed last year around November when we were trying to think about 2020. But when we were thinking about 2020 last year, we had no idea that the coronavirus was going to take place. Right? We had no idea that, that the, the, health, um, the public health threat and then also then the economic threat that has come along with the public health threat or the way in which we become aware of kind of social injustices in the midst of the rawness and difficulty that both the public health threat and the economic threat caused us. Like we didn't see 2020 coming. It was part of, it was part of that long and winding road. But what I love about the Hollies, what I love about this song, it says the, the road is long and winding, but the welfare of my brother is my concern. I would say that too. The welfare of my sister is my concern. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. It doesn't encumber me to, to take on the needs, to take on the care of my brother. It's, it's what I want to do. It's what I long to do. Caring for the one that I love is not, is not heavy. He says this, he says, um, let's see, I, I want to make sure I get it right. I, yeah, if I am laden, if I am laden at all, this is what I'm laden with. I'm laden with sadness. A sadness that every heart is not filled with the gladness of loving one another. If I have a burden to bear at all, if anything is actually heavy for me, what's heavy for me is sadness. And the sadness that I have, the sadness that's heavy for me, is that every heart is not filled with the gladness of loving one another. 
The gladness of loving one another should fill our hearts. It fills the heart of this, of song, this songwriter. It fills the heart of the narrator of this song that they are filled with the gladness of loving one another. I mean, that's about as quintessentially Christian as you can get, right? They asked Jesus, how would you summarize all the word of the Lord, right? How would you summarize scripture? How would you summarize the Torah? And he says, well, this is how I'd summarize the Torah, the word of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We call it the great commandment. In Romans chapter 12, Paul says, he says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people, loving your neighbor. So he even leaves out the first part about loving God. He just mentions the second half, which is love your neighbor. But what I have to say to you is what, if we follow Paul's advice about loving our neighbor, that that will result in us loving God. And that will never actually fully accomplish the love of our neighbor without the love of God. But it's not like we have to love God first and then after that we love our neighbor. I think if you love your neighbor in the process, you'll learn to love God. Because how can you love God whom you have not seen if you don't love your brother and your sister who you have seen? This is how it works. It's not like you get your ducks in a row and then you follow God. It's as you start to follow God, he puts your ducks in a row. It's like in the, in the washing of feet. It's not like you become humble and then you wash somebody's feet. It's like as you wash somebody's feet, you become humble. And it's that humility, it's that vulnerability that I think makes this possible. Look, I know we can get tired. You can get tired because of the quarantine. You can get tired because of the economic struggle or loss of hours or loss of income or loss of retirement. You know, you can get tired because you're, you're weary with the discussions about social unrest. You can get tired, you can get tired because, the, you know, political advertisements and text messages and emails. There's a lot out there that can make you tired. In fact, I'd mentioned to uh, a student this week that I was suffering from COVID fatigue. And, and she said, oh, I didn't realize that you had, you had gotten uh, COVID. I'm like, no, I haven't, I haven't gotten COVID. It's not the fatigue from the disease that I'm suffering from. I'm suffering from the fatigue of, of you know, going through these things. But uh, David Steindl Rast Brother David Steindl Rast. It's actually a name I'd like you to know. He's a contemporary. He's still living. He's an elderly man now. He's a Benedictine monk. Wrote this beautiful book called Gratefulness. But, but Brother David says this about exhaustion. He says, The antidote to exhaustion is not necessarily rest. The antidote to exhaustion is wholeheartedness. It is a long and winding road. When he says, he ain't heavy, he's my brother, that doesn't mean it, like literally, it never becomes heavy or burdensome to carry someone. You try and carry someone, trust me, it'll be heavy. But it's not heavy for him 
because he's been refurbished by his wholeheartedness. If you're having to do something that you hate to do, it will wear you out. But you can sleep 12 hours a day and it won't be enough rest for you because that, that just won't do it. When, when people suffer from depression, they want to sleep. Additional sleep doesn't actually cure the depression. Taking more time off doesn't solve the problem. The problem has to be solved in the, in the heart, not, not just, just in the reality. So you might ask, well, that's, you might say, well, that's a wonderful statement that the, the antidote to exhaustion is not necessarily rest, but the antidote to exhaustion is wholeheartedness. But then how can I become wholehearted? I mean, it's, it is, it's difficult, right? Our friends or family, they, they are part of a different political party, and that causes stress. We think about wanting to get together for the holidays, but then the cases are growing up and that causes stress. Somebody's lost a job or somebody's actually gotten sick. Or your children's pastor gets exposed to someone who has coronavirus and you have to find ways as she quarantines to minister to the children, speaking hypothetically. Yeah, it's tough. But I think, I think we get there. I think we become wholehearted, not by our sure will, right? It's not, my will's not really that strong, to tell you the truth, right? I can, I can determine I'm going to do this, but then I rarely actually do it. <laughs> it comes from, I think, being with God. A gentle kind of contemplative practice. Practicing the presence of God. Being aware of God's love and intentionally sitting with God. It makes you vulnerable. But your vulnerability makes you aware of your worthiness. Not just God's worthiness, but your worthiness. You are worthy. God created you and God loves you. And if you sit with God any, any, any part of time, you'll realize that God loves you and that you're worthy. And your vulnerability and your worthiness can lead to wholeheartedness. I didn't come up with that. That was Brene Brown. But she has a lot of good things to say. And one of the good things to say that Brene Brown has to say is that wholeheartedness is a combination of vulnerability, and worthiness. That's, that's how we get there. These passages of Scripture that, for today, the one from the epistle and the one from the gospel, there's a certain amount of cognitive dissonance in these two passages. I actually chuckle when they get read together because the one says, look, you know, the Pharisees, they've got some good things to say, but you should do as they say, not as they do. Because they're not living this out very well. I mean, they, they know the scriptures, but man, look at what they do. They, they put on their robes. They like to sit at the front of the banquets. They like to burden you with all of these lists of do's and don'ts. As if that's what the faith is. Right? So he says, you don't need that. 
Jesus is like, you don't, you don't need a teacher, right? Call no one rabbi, which is hard for me because you, you know my profession, right? <laughs> I'm a teacher. And then he says, wait for it. Then he says, and you don't need a father. You have a father. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> and then Paul comes along, Paul and Time, uh, uh, Timothy. <laughs> that, that's a combination of Timothy and Silas. <laughs> Paul, Timothy, and Silas come along, and they write that letter to the Thessalonians. And Paul says, we were like a father to you. And then I read that passage. Yeah, thanks for laughing. Because we read the passage in the gospel, and Jesus is like, you don't need a father. And then Paul's like, I'm like your dad. And, and it is. There's a bit of cognitive dissonance when those passages get read side by side. But I think, I think we, it's easy enough to mitigate that, right, or to navigate it. Um, Jesus is right. We don't, we don't need that kind of paternalistic presence in our lives like, you don't, you don't need to play that kind of paternalistic role. You don't need to be telling other people what they do wrong, right? Like, if you read the Proverbs, let, let the Proverbs tell you about how you need to, to change. Don't let the Proverbs tell you how somebody else needs to change. You are not the judge. Judge not, lest you be judged. But you are a witness, and you can bear witness to the truth of Jesus. You can bear witness to the truth of even the Proverbs in your own life. Right? That, like, when you use the light of the gospel to turn it to yourself, that will bring some vulnerability. Right? And then, and then you realize that you are nevertheless invited to the table and offered fellowship and forgiveness and mercy and grace then you'll see your worthiness and you'll be empowered to, to move on in the midst of this ever so kind of divided world. I'm, I'm here and I, I'm here. It's, it's not a heavy heart today. It, it is a glad heart. I'm, I'm filled with gladness for you because I believe you are a people whose hearts are full of the love of the neighbor. And I just want to encourage you in that. Keep being those types of people. Be people who are filled with the gladness of the love of the neighbor. Listen, you need it for your own life, but your families need it. Your neighbors need it. Your coworkers need it. Your classmates need it. Trust me, this world needs people who are filled with the gladness of the love of others. We have too many people who are filled with all other sorts of things. Division, ideological differences that they weigh more important than relationships. That's troublesome. Frederick Beatner, another of my kind of really, really... Um, my favorite authors, says this. I want to get it just right, too. He says, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meets. The place that God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meets. 
I mean, that's the person who has wholeheartedness as the antidote to their exhaustion, right? So it's not that we don't get exhausted, but what's the antidote to it, right? So the person who has wholeheartedness as an antidote to their exhaustion is the person whose deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. And I'm looking around the room, and I'm thinking about those of you who I know are, are, are with us as well online, and I know what you're doing with your lives, and I know that you're good at it, and that your deep gladness is when you're serving in your roles. The, the, the roles that you serve in as, as attorneys, as teachers, as social workers, as chaplains, as CEOs, as uh, accountants, as um, all people in business. Your, your, your lives, your, your gladness is meeting. It's at the intersection where the world has a need. The world has a need, and you're good at something, and those two things are coming together. The place to where you are called is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And when we do that, we'll, we'll find energy and resource. And we'll do it in such ways, I think, that truly do care for our neighbor. Look, I hope I'm hope I'm getting this as cross as 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 clear and as uh, effective as I hope because I I really think this is an important message for us today. Like I want you to I want you to carry this with you. I want you to to download. Um, he ain't heavy. He's my brother from the Hollies, and I want you to listen to it, kind of several times this week. I want you to experience this. If ever there was a time that we need this, I think the time is now. On your, on your seats, and I believe as well in the worship companion, we have a copy of the Lord's Prayer. You know it, of course, the Our Father. And I want to say just this about it, that a lot of times I think the Our Father can be seen as a very personal prayer. I think it's personal in the sense that I'm praying it, but it's not like individualistic. Like the whole thing is written in the first person plural. It's not my father. It's our father. It's not give me bread or, or forgive my sins or debts, right? It's all us. It's our and us the whole way through. And particularly that second half. So the first half kind of focuses on God, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the first half. And then the second half, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. That second half, I think, could be understood as petition like I'm asking God for something. But I think it's when we think of it mostly as what we're doing for ourselves 
we think of it as an individual prayer, it becomes a petition. But if we focus on the fact that it's still the first person plural, it's a prayer for, for the community, then I think it dawns on us that it's not simply a petition, it's an intercession. We are interceding for others when we pray the Lord's Prayer because we're also praying that they will have their daily bread, that their sins will be forgiven, that they will not be led into temptation, right? I mean, we're playing it in the, in the first person plural, but it's, it's, inclu- it's including them. So I would like for you to just take a couple of minutes and turn your chair, your seat where you are, whether it's here or whether it's at home, I'd like you to turn it into an altar. You may just want to sit. You may want to stand. You may want to turn around and kneel and just kneel at your chair. And I want you to to pray the Lord's Prayer in your heart. And I want you to think about caring for your brothers and your sisters in the process. So let's just do that. Just take a minute either stand or sit or turn and kneel and let's pray let's pray for our country as you pray pray for some peace pray for some understanding of the other pray pray that we can get through this 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 time that we won't be so divided that we can see our brother and sister not as a heavy burden, but as that which doesn't encumber us. If we have a burden, let our only burden be the burden of sadness. And let our only sadness be that every heart is not filled with the gladness of love of other. We pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Lord, we do pray for our country. Lord, we pray for peace. Lord, we pray that that love would be our primary motivator, that we would act out of a a deep concern for our neighbor. Lord, may we be wholehearted in our lives, in our service, in our commitment to you and to one another. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.